0: Today we're going to be talking about kids, but I believe this is really for everybody. You may think, oh, I don't have any kids or whatever, but it's going to be for all of us. Trust me, you'll see that when we get going. But how many know that when Abraham, when God called Abraham out, He chose Abraham, have you ever wondered why He picked Abraham? Abraham is the dude that lied quite often. Not only did he lie, but... He could not get away with that today. But he denied even being married to his wife. Remember, he didn't do that once. He did that twice. Once, I think, man, you're stupid. Twice, you are dead. You are dead. Your wife is... Most people uh, in our day, women would say, what do you mean I'm your sister? You know what I mean? He said he was his sister. (laughs) Not that funny, but man. But how many know that God knew that He was going to do all that and He picked him anyway? That's a good picture of grace, isn't it? It's a good picture of the mercy of God. But anyway, why did God pick him? Was it because he was honest and he's going to be a great husband? That's for sure. He flunked both of them. But He picked him because the Bible says, that I believe it's in Genesis 18, 19 or 19, 18, one of those two, that... Um, he picked him because he said he, he's gonna tell his kids about God. Gonna raise a godly seed. Evidently that's a big deal to our Heavenly Father, that we tell our kids about him. So uh, I know a lot of you may be thinking, Well, you know, I've I've got kids, what do I how do I do that or whatever? You know, I'm I I'm a pastor and I don't tell my kids, okay, now sit down. For the next 30 minutes, we're going to have a Bible lesson. Just shut up, don't talk, don't do anything. Just sit there, all right? That's not good. You know what I think is really big? That it's really simple and it's really easy to do. You know, like on when the, the big moon this past week, when may saw the big uh, moon. And uh, when it was sitting on the horizon, man, it just looked like you could reach out and touch it. When I was out there, I asked the boys, is that cool?" I said, "Your Heavenly Father, is he cruel or what? God made that. Your Father made that. He is so awesome. Do things like that with your kids, with your grandkids, with your spouse, with your enemies, with your <laughs> people that are atheists. You know, man, my Heavenly Father is so cool, He made that. When we have something big special blessing, that something we get blessed, I go, I, I try to make sure my boys know that. Is your Heavenly Father so good or what? You know, tell your kids or your grandkids that you're blessed and good things happen because of God the Father. That's an easy thing. The Bible says, acknowledge Him. That's acknowledging Him. So that's an easy thing. How many think you can do that? You can do that. You don't have to know, uh, uh, have a seminary degree or or Bible degree in anything to do that. So, in Malachi chapter 2, verse 15, it says, this is what God wants. This is what He wants. Didn't the Lord make you one with your wife and body and spirit? You are His. And what does He want? Godly children from your union. So guard your heart, remain loyal to the wife of your youth. It says He wants godly children. That's a big thing to God. So, you can speak that into your kids. That you love God. That you go to church, not to be religious, but you go to church to find out how good God is. That's a good thing. Not to fill out some religious square. All of our kids, from Danielle all the way down to Joel, the last one, they never did ask, are we going to church today? That was never asked in our house. And that was before I was a pastor. You may say, well, yeah, you're a pastor. You have to go. No, I haven't been a pastor all my life things like it, but I haven't. But, uh, uh, no, we just made it, this is what we're going to do. Why? Because you get to hear God's good news. It's not just so we can fill out our religious square and we can become more religious. There's not enough of that junk in the world, but we don't want to be religious. We want to know more about Him. We want to help people. We want to serve. Every t- When we were in Tulsa and went to church there, we served in the church. Not so we could get patted on the back the biggest reason is because I want my kids to know this. This is good to help people. We're helping people. Amen. So Psalms 37:23. This is a good scripture not only for for everybody here. This is for you. So you you say, well, I'm, is this just going to be about kids? No, it's for all of us. The Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. The steps of a good man. Now, naturally, that's talking about women as well. But if you're born again, that's talking about you. You need to know that. You just think, well, what does my future hold? I don't know what it holds, but I know one thing, God's in it. Because I'm born again, my kids, I don't have to worry about, oh, Lord, you know, is they. Are they going to be able to find a good job? Are they going to be able to find a good mate? Oh, help! And there's not many good people. Is there anybody that can marry my kids? Their steps are ordered by God. So I believe that with all of my heart. Now listen, it's not their miles are ordered by God. Their steps. So you may look at your kids and you think, "Oh Lord, have mercy on them." Oh my Lord, 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 Lord. Well, it, it steps, which means it's not—he's not done yet. They're not done yet. So just hang on. You no, know, we want the finished product when they, you know, they're about 21. Okay, where, where's the maturity? Where's the wisdom? <laughs> oh, I failed. I failed. And you know, as parents, it's tough because most parents, you know, that you didn't—you didn't do perfect. You didn't. Maybe you didn't even do right. I mean, there's sometimes I think, Danielle, bless her heart, she's the first one. That was the experiment. But anyway, you know. But I know that she turned out really good. I mean, leading worship, I mean, her mother had a lot to do with that. But uh, it definitely wasn't my uh, giftedness. But, uh, you know, I was thinking, when she was up there leading worship, and I go, thank you, God. I mean, she had a free choice. She had a free will. Part That is, we believe that our steps are ordered by God. Her, our kids, yours. Your steps are ordered by God. And guess what? Your kids' steps. But this is the thing. A lot of times you may think that the devil is taking control and, uh, you know, your kid is out in left field, maybe not serving God. You know, this is their destination, but they're headed that way. Listen to me. If you've got a child... That's not serving God. Maybe not even saved, or maybe they were saved and man, they're out and left field. And it feels like, man, they are going the opposite direction. I know. You can rest assured. I saw this. I'm not a golfer. I used to go I, I gave it up, but uh, years ago. But uh, putting was always fun to me. I mean, we're going to show you a video clip. But there's this clip. The, the hole is back here, and the person's back is to the hole, and they're. Hitting the ball that way and you think, the, the hole's that way. What, what are you doing? And so I, I want you to go ahead and play that and show them what I mean here by this video.
1: Oh, it's gotta be the putt right? Jody, you were shut off. This is at the seventh hole. Look at the, this hole. Is is the one See, we referred going up. to just a few it's minutes ago with her back. I mean the look the hole. at it. Just trying to get it someplace where you're two or three feet from the hole and boom, oh, she makes it. Didn't oh, that me? I mean really?
0: <laughs> I thought that's our heavenly father. You know, the devil may be putting you one way, maybe putting your kids the other way, but God says, I got this. There's steps to order by me. And all of a sudden the ball just takes a ninety degree turn and it gets to its destination. Woo! Everybody say, That's my father. You can believe that about your kids. If they're serving God, if they're not serving God, and you say, that's my kids, they're going to get to their destination because their steps are ordered by God. That's a lot greater than uh, the devil or anybody else that tried to may influence or have influence. Come on up here, honey. She's going to help me out today. But I just want to encourage you that your children may not be, or you may, maybe they're still at home, and you're thinking, oh, I hope they turn out right. You just need to believe that they are. They may, it may look like they're going the wrong direction. When they're going the wrong direction, you just need to smile and say, I know my Father. And His hand is on you. And it just looks like the putt's going the wrong way. But there's going to be a change of direction and you're going to end up in the right destination. It doesn't matter what they look like. It doesn't matter what's going on. Their destination is securing God. I said their destination is securing God. Don't let fear grab a hold of you. You can just laugh and say, <laughs> you can just live in that hell all you want, but it's going to be just temporary. Heaven's coming
1: to you. Amen. I said amen. Go ahead. All right. So aren't you thankful for the mercy of God? Aren't you thankful for the grace of God? Some of you have actually young children at home, and you're not coming from a perspective of, um, you know, we're just going to let this thing play out and God will bring everything to pass. You're you're saying, okay, I want to do my very best in raising my children to have a desire to follow the Lord as, as they walk on. And so... Um, there's people from all different perspectives here this morning, but we're kind of what I'm going to say has more to do with you who are presently raising kids and may want a little bit of direction for how you do that. You know, some of you were raised in godly homes, some of you were not. Some of you weren't raised. <laughs> you just grew up. <laughs> and you survived. And, and here you are today. And the Lord does great, great things. My husband was raised for the, the most part of his life by a single mom. And that's what I tell him. I said, you just grew up. Because there was no one there to do the active raising part. It was his His mom had to work long, long hours. She was usually... Um, gone by the time he got up in the morning, and sometimes she wasn't home by the time that he went to bed at night. And so all that time he was just basically on his own. And thank God for his mercy and his grace.
0: I turned out all right, just so you know.
1: I always told his mom, I said, you just should have spanked him one more time. If you'd have just landed one more, it would have just been great. But... All right, so the first scripture that is really a foundational scripture for every um, parent who wants to raise their children in the things of God and for every child who maybe we have children who are born again and um, their parents are not, and this gives them some direction, but is Ephesians uh, chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. And it starts out real practical with something that mostly even people who don't know the Lord understand. Children, obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. It's what's right. I mean, it's what keeps, in their younger years, this is what keeps kids safe. (laughs) Don't touch the stove. Don't play in the street. You know, don't go with that person, you know. This is what will keep a, a child alive and safe in its younger years, but as they continue to grow, you know, there's all sorts of research, and the longer they research, the longer they're finding out that it takes for a human brain to fully mature. They're now saying that, especially for males, it's at the later part of the 20s that that brain is completely mature and, you know, it's what it's going to be, and so in the meantime. You know, when you're walking around with a brain that's not all the way mature, you need guidance and direction from people. So it's great if you have godly parents and you're continuing to obey and listen to the things they have to say. So the scripture after that says, Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. So um, as a parent... There's a promise embedded in here that if you raise your children to this obedience that um, it's going to bring blessings into their life just because of the path that they choose along the way. Choosing to obey their parents, choosing to honor your parents. Honor has a whole lot more to do with attitude uh, than just obedience. You know, so you can have that kid, you know, who's... You know, um, sitting down on the outside, but they're standing up on the inside. <laughs> you can see it flashing in their eyes. They are exuding an attitude of dishonor. And so, as Christian parents, um, our goal is to teach children to obey us, to not decide to process our instructions, to not decide, Mom said for me to clean my room. Hmm, do I feel like cleaning my room? You don't want that thought to even come to them. You don't want the thought to come to them, "Hmm, should I do what she said? How many swats was it last time? Maybe it's worth two swats to not clean my room today, you know. You don't want these kind of things going through your children's mind. You want to train them. That first time obedience where mom or dad says do this and just, they just do it with a, a heart that is humble and submitted to their parents. So that's one of your foundational scriptures. I mean, uh, like I said, a lot of people who aren't even born again, they want their kids to learn to obey them because they know it's in their be- best interest. How much more so for uh,
0: how, When they grow up in, uh, in and how that will help them if they fall
1: Yeah, that's true, I did, and that was good, you're right. (laughs) Sorry, just pat myself on the back there. You know what, some of y'all may not realize, because maybe you were raised like me, it was just an understood that one day when you grow up, you have a boss, they tell you what to do, and you do it. Right? Yeah, well, a lot of people these days don't understand that. They go through the same process, negative process that I just described, They go to work, the boss says, Do this, and they think, Hmm, do I want to do that? Do I think that's the best thing to do? No, I think they've made a misjudgment, and it really sets them up for a lot of failure in the workplace because they just don't understand those fen- fundamentals of submitting to the authority that, that you are with right then in that moment. We're not talking about doing illegal things, we're not talking about doing immoral things, we're just talking about nor- normal functions and today in the workplace, I hear this talking with um, people who have employees saying, you tell them what to do and they just flat out don't do it and they still want to get paid, they still want to be promoted, uh, and they just flat out, they just don't understand, why am I not getting promoted? <laughs> and so you will be doing your children such a service to just teach them how to respond to authority from the time that they're very, very young. So as a parent, especially as a mom who tends to, not always, but tends to spend a little more uh, time with the children as they're growing up, especially in those younger years before, before school starts, Deuteronomy 11:18 through 21 is also a really really fundamental scripture that'll help you to kind of figure out how to um, get the Word of God and the principles of the word embedded in your daily uh, your daily life you know your life some people are going to live a century but it's pretty rare in this day that we see someone live to a hundred. Most of us are going to live a number of decades, a good number of decades, you know. But you know those decades are made up of what? They're made up of years. Your years are made up of months. Your months are made up of weeks. Your weeks are made up of days. Your days are made up of hours. And your hours are made up of individual moments that you have. And it's how we spend our moments that really makes up what is or our days our months and all the years of our life and so it's important to not always just be thinking ah oh, this is the big trap thought oh I've got so much time man 18 you know 19 maybe they'll hang around a little longer than that 20 whatever that's so much time not if you don't guard your moments and make sure that you're investing them wisely. so Therefore, you shall lay up these words of mine in your heart. Those words of his would be the words that we find in the Bible. And as believing parents, you know, after the, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, especially the scriptures of the New Testament. So lay them up in your heart and your soul and bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets before your eyes. It's just talking about keep the word before you. Therefore, you shall teach them to your children, speaking of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. So we see from here, um, early in the morning, we need to be on purpose, putting the word to our kids. It can be as simple as saying this is the day that the Lord has made. Let's rejoice. And you rejoice and you remind your children that God made this day for them. Um, and it's talking about as you go along your way. We go along our way a lot in an automobile these days. <laughs> we spend a lot of our time going our way. And you know we can lose that opportunity for input, for conversation, for for uh, inputting the word into our kids' lives just by doing the easiest thing to do. What's the easiest thing to do? Turn on the radio. Maybe you've even got a TV. Turn on the TV. Get the kids doing something on the TV. So maybe maybe you have a car that can do the radio on the TV at the same time. They can watch their show. You can listen to your radio. And everybody's happy. But we're not always... Um, taking advantage of those moments that we could be taking advantage of to really put the word of God in the hearts of our kids. And so the other ones, would you go back one, uh, Amy, there, back to the other one? Uh, when, you, uh, when you sit around in your house, you know, hopefully you spend time sitting in the same location and not all in scattered locations all the time. And so just those opportunities as you're sitting around in your house, like he was saying, you remind them, of the blessings that they have, and remind them where those blessings came from. Uh, And so we have a lot of opportunities, but, you know, if we're not real intentional about it, we just let these go. You know, it's kind of like saying, you know, I'm going to start that diet on Monday. But then Monday turns out not to be a very practical day. (laughs) And then who wants to start it on a Tuesday, so then we bump it to the next Monday, and you're losing in the meantime. The moments of your life that you truly have to invest and to work through things. So um, prepare for your for input in your kids. I mean, ask the Lord, Lord, just give me words today to speak to my kids. You know, help me in the moment to, to remember what your word says. If there's something of value that I can share with them, just bring it to my memory as I go a long way. And then prepare for them. There's all sorts of, depending on the age of your, your child, There are all sorts of little children's bibles, there are all sorts of devotionals, all sorts of um, materials that you have that you can just resource from so that you're able to put these things in your kids if there's not something that's just popping to the the top of your mind at the moment. So prepare for these things, prepare for these moments with your children. Um, Even passive input is super, super valuable to your kids. A lot of times I remember we don't have childcare here on Wednesdays and so my my children were all raised in the back, you know, listening and I was absolutely amazed when they were younger. You know, I'd say, Okay, what did what did Daddy preach on today? And they could not give me all the points of his message, but it was amazing the things that they were just hearing as they were playing with their toys and stuff. Passive input, things that are being placed into them without even realizing it. This is true if you've got a good Christian TV show on. This is true if you're listening to sermons, things like that. Sometimes we have a tendency to think, oh, the kids are here. You know, They won't benefit from that, so let me put on something for them. Let them hear it in the background while they play, and it'll be a great, great um, input for them. Uh, where your relationships are, are concerned, especially if you're feeling a little clueless, about raising your kids, if there's a family that you know, you just think, man, they were—they raised their kids, their kids are serving God, they're on fire for God, you know, spend time with them, ask them questions, find out what they did, ask ask them for input for yourself, have a relationship with them, tell them this very, very hard thing to tell someone, so if you see me doing something real stupid with my kids, would you tell me? And they will. <laughs> you know, but you need that input into your life from people who have been successful in this area of raising their children for the Lord. Uh, in addition, the people, the families that you spend time with. You know, sometimes, I don't know about you guys, but in my own family, um, extended family, not not really all of our, our cousins and everyone are raising their children the same way that I would. And some, you know, Pueblo's kind of a tight-knit town, so a lot of you have a lot of family around. You need to make sure that your family and your children are spending time with people who are like-minded with you, like-minded about the the way that you're raising your kids. You know, if there are people that you spend tons of time with who are um, doing things, watching things, talking about things that you would never, ever let your children watch or hear. You need to limit your your children's exposure to those things and you need to find relationships with families that you kind of know, we can relax when we're spending time together. We know that their standards are kind of the same as our standards, may vary a little bit, but we know that they're not going to stick something on the TV, they're not going to be having their kids playing games, they're not going to be doing things that would uh, be counterproductive for what I'm trying to put into the life of of our children. So you live in a day where there are so many resources. There are resources I know nothing about that are out there that I'm sure are really, really good. But of the ones, if you are a a family with young children, if you're a family with uh, teenagers, there's a couple resources that of the things that I know, if I had to pick two, these would be the two that I would pick to really, really spend some time studying. Um, and one of them is Growing Kids God's Way by Gary and Anne-Marie Ezzo. It's kind of like a curriculum for raising children. The other one is Shepherding a Child's Heart by Ted Tripp. And those, those books are ones that will really, really be helpful to you in just... What is it that I need to be teaching my kids? What is it that they need to be learning? You know, you might be one of those people who just kind of grew up. This will kind of give you some structure and foundation. And then there's also lots of fun resources. Focus on the Family has a ton of things. They have videos that tell Bible stories that teach good moral lessons. Hey, if you have these, don't let your kids turn it off at the end before the application. (laughs) They always tell you the moral lesson at the end of it, don't let your kids say, oh, the story's over, I'm done, punch, you know, no, leave it running so that they hear uh, what it was trying to teach them at the end. Karen Henley is a a wonderful woman of God who produces mainly um, things for younger children Awesome, awesome, awesome resources available from her. Superbook is done by CBN. Their are Bible story videos. Veggie Tales, you may have to tell your children the Bible story that went with the tale when you're done. But nonetheless, those are really fun, and they're going to put great things in your kids. Bible Man, if you have school-age, younger school-age kids, um, I'm telling you that those videos will absolutely load your children with the Word of God, especially if they're kids who like to just watch things over and over and over and over again. It will really, really load them up with the Word of God. And then there's a, a set of, it's a Bible, but they also have like these audio audio CDs from Little Kids Adventure Bible that you can just play for your kids as they're playing, as they're going to sleep at night, that is kind of, it's there's background music and things, but um, it's a kid's version of the Bible being read to them great, great things for you to have in your home. So I believe that's all that I had there.
0: What if your kids are gone and you didn't do this? What if you are, maybe you are one of the kids that grew up and you didn't honor your parents? You're going to be 50 years old and die? What do you say to that? Don't let the devil lie to you. If you're born again, you got the Father who is a redeemer of time. Are you hearing me? He redeems time, and He's not, you know, well, I didn't honor my parents, you know. I remember I had a fear when I left home, went in the Air Force, because, uh, you know, I felt like, man, I, I probably didn't honor my parents very good. And I came across that scripture, yeah, you're going to have a long life. You do. Well, if you don't, does that mean you're going to die when you're 50? I'm going to answer it for you. No, it doesn't mean that. It just means that is, you know, honoring your parents should be a fruit of serving God. But if you didn't serve God, God's not going to... You know, because in the Old Testament, what happened to kids that rebelled? Yeah, they they didn't rebel anymore. They got stoned. And it wasn't because they were in Pueblo, Colorado, because it was... It's because, oh, loosen up, come on. No, it's because that that's the law. But thank God we're not under the law now. We're under grace. So uh, God says, listen, I can redeem your time. If you get born again, I can redeem your time. Don't worry about, you know, like, oh, I, didn't, I, I don't think I honored enough. The devil will also, he, even if you did honor him, the devil will tell you, well, you didn't honor enough. It's never enough. You know what? You can say, "I'm redeemed by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ." But what if you didn't? Maybe your kids are gone. Maybe you didn't think you raised your kids in the ways of God. Are they Are going to go to hell in a handbasket? You know? No. We're going to go over some promises here, but uh, this this will really will bless you. In Psalms 112, verse 1 through 3. Psalms 112, 1 through 3 says, "Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord." who delights greatly in His commandments. You know what kind of person that is? That's somebody who's born again. That scripture is saying, if you're born again, this is in the Old Covenant, but in the New Covenant, it's basically saying, if you're born again, verse 2, what's going to happen? His descendants will be mighty on earth. If you're born again, there is a promise to you that your kids can be mighty on earth. Well, pastor, you know, I don't know about my kids. No, no. You need to believe that. Amen? It says His descendants will be mighty on earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches will be in His house and His righteousness endures forever. So in other words, if you're born again, you can say, bless God, my children are going to be raised, or I mean, going to be born again, my children's children. I mean, to a thousand, if Jesus tarries to a thousand generations, righteousness is going to reign through my bloodline. Amen? But then it says wealth and riches. You know, have you ever wondered why it says wealth and riches? seems like that's the same thing. It is not. Wealth is money that's working for you. Riches is money that you work for. It's a big difference. In other words, you could be sitting right here in church today and money could be working for you. It's making money for you. You know, That's how, you know, we talked about this months ago. You know, if you own real estate and you have rentals, if you own a business... I mean, it's working for you while you're not there, while you're not working. That's called wealth. This scripture says, if you are born again person, that's available for you. You just may need to learn about it. All right. And then it goes on. It says, uh, and I'm going to read the New Living Testament, verse two of the New Living Testament it says, their children will be successful everywhere. You know, my children need to thank me thank you that you're born again if nothing else for this scripture i'm telling you your kids could have flunked algebra your kids maybe have gotten their ged didn't even finish school but you can say you know what you need to stand on this scripture my kids are going to be successful not because of their gpa not because of their intellect but because of jesus Now, I'm not saying you don't need to go to college, please, please. No, I believe you need to take advantage of all of that. But I am saying this, you shouldn't rely upon that. There's a lot of uh, people who have three degrees, four degrees, and uh, working for minimum wage someplace. I'm telling you, you need to believe God that your children will be successful everywhere they go because of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, uh, And the more that your kids are in church and they're volunteering and helping people there's just going to be a a knowing that they're blessed you come to this church and I'm telling you, you need, you know, like I said when we were going raising our kids and and even when I was a kid, you know, we didn't ask are we going to church today it was just like, you know, you're going to church and it wasn't because you're filling out a religious square, it's because listen, your kids going to learn about the goodness of God. Your kids are going to learn about that they are blessed, that they are the head and not the tail. I didn't learn that when I was a, you know, that my church didn't teach that. I thought we were always the tail. So, you know, uh, because my church didn't teach me that. They're not going to get taught that here. Your kids are going to get taught that they're blessed of God, that whatever they put their hand to is going to surely prosper, that they are successful because of Jesus, the greater one lives inside of them. Not that opportunity passed up. But anyway, your kids uh, can learn a lot just by being in church. Proverbs 18, 16 says, A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before the great. This is for everybody. There is a gift in all of us. But especially your kids, When especially when they get into high school, middle school even, their, you know, their kids peers, their peers will say, Oh, you're stupid. Oh, you're dumb. And, and Really, there is a major battle going on in teenagers' minds that's saying that they're not very smart. They're dumb. And uh, I'm not good at anything. That is a lie from the pit of hell. But there's a lot of children that believe that. So um, they're going to get paid good for serving humanity. And God has put something in them that can be a great and tremendous blessing. Not everybody's good at math. You think, well, I'm not good at math, so I'm stupid. No, just because you're not good at math doesn't mean there's not something good in you. Amen? But I will say this. If you're flunking math, there is a greater one in you that can help you pass it. You may not make straight A's in in algebra, but you know what? The the goodness of God can help you pass algebra. That's just for nothing. But anyway, uh, and everybody's done stupid things. Every parent, every person on the planet, done stupid things. But I'm thankful that God is a Redeemer of stupid stuff. Amen. So find out what your kid is good at. If they've already left the home, you say, "Well, it's too late for me." They are still. They still have a gift within them. There's something good within them. And uh, we've said this in the past, but you need to. Everybody in here should do this. You should make sure that uh, you do this five love languages. Go to fivelovelanguages.com and uh, everybody should do that. And it tells what what turns the crank of your child, of your of you. There's five different categories in there, and it takes probably 15 minutes or so to take that. There's another uh, free test. It's uh, it's in the business realm. There's a lot of companies that uh, will make you take this test if you get uh, apply for a job for them. It's the Myers-Briggs uh, test. Now, this takes a little bit longer. It's in detail. But if when you take it, and it's free. You can go online and take that test. You can get your teenager to take that test, and it will tell them what they're good at. You know, the whole world's telling your teenager they're dumb and not good at anything. They can take this test and say, You're good at this area right here. Did you know you're good? You're gifted at that. God's blessed you in that area. That's a good thing to know. And then I just came across this by Somebody told me this is really, really good from a reliable resource. I'm in the process of reading this. Discover Your God-Given Gifts by Don and Katie Fortune. There's actually tests or things they can fill out and it will tell them what their gifting is. This is tremendous. Because then once they, you know, they may say, well, you know, I'm making C's in English and I'm making D's in algebra. I'm just not gifted. No, they are. You just need to find out what it is and then once you find out the devil... You can tell them to take a hike. You are gifted at something. So there's lots of of resources that you need to know about. Listen, it's not how much faith you have that your kid is going to be, oh, I don't know if I have enough faith, Uh, or maybe your child's gone. It's who you have faith in. If you have faith in Jesus, how many know that your Heavenly Father wants your kid a lot more successful than what you want And He is going to do and put everything out there in front of them for that to happen. So you need to believe God. In Proverbs, it talks about four different types of of, of people, of kids, children. It says the first one is wise kids. Who are the wise kids? Well, they're the ones that uh, they do know God. And not only do they know God, they know the Word of God. They have insight into the Word. They have wisdom working for them. And then there's uh, kids that are simple not that they're terrible, they're saved, they probably know God, but they don't know what the Word says about them. You know, most people that maybe were raised in church think that they have this mentality if they screw up, if they do something wrong, then God's out to get them. They don't know that the Word of God says that your Heavenly Father loves you all the time, 24-7, no matter what's going on. No matter how many times you fail, no matter how many times you fail, people need to know that. But guess what? If you don't know that, you're going to be the simple-minded. You're going to be the simple person. And then it drops down to the third category: foolish. You know, if kids stay simple for a long period of time, they're going to drop down into the foolish area, and that is the area that, you know, these kids they they try to push the envelope. Uh, they may get caught stealing something, candy or Walmart. They, they try to steal things that are, you know, simple things they're stealing. They're trying to prove who they are and, and try to do things that uh, are not good And uh, because they don't know who they are. Why don't they know who they are? Because they don't know what the Bible says about them. You know? If a, if a sheep is acting like a, uh, a pig, it's because there's something going on in the mind of the sheep. It shouldn't be in the mud hole. Pigs are in the mud hole. What are you doing in the mud hole? You're a sheep. But guess what? You can teach it. If something's going on with a, uh, your child and say, you're living like this, this is not you. This is not you. You shouldn't be living like that because, not because, you know, I want you to be perfect, because that's not you. You don't know who you are. Praise God. Proverbs ten twenty three says this, to do evil is the sport to a fool, but to a man of understanding it has wisdom. So there's teenagers that, you know, are acting foolish and they're doing evil things. The New Living Testament says doing wrong is fun for a fool. Getting into trouble is fun for some teenagers, you know. Well, what are they? They're being foolish. Are they terrible, terrible kids? No. I'm gonna tell you what they're they just don't know. they are and then the last stage if you stay in the foolish realm long enough you become scornful scornful people are they're the ones that are rebellious they hate when somebody tries to help them tries to tell them that you know you're doing wrong you're going the wrong direction they start to hate that they hate they're not teachable You can see some adults who who brought that same kind of attitude into their adult life. They're not teachable. You show me an adult that's not teachable, and I'll show you an adult that probably was like this as a kid. But in Proverbs 15, 12, it says, A scorner has no love for one who rebukes him, or you could say who corrects them, who's helping him. They don't love those people. Neither will he go to the wise for counsel. He's not going to ask for advice. There's some adults who never ask for advice. And I go, really? You know it all? I'll tell you what. You should stay teachable and ask for advice until the day you die. Are you hearing me? I don't care how many degrees you have. I don't care who you are. You need to ask for advice and you need to stay teachable. You're not a know-it-all. And if you think you're a know-it-all, I can tell you one thing about you before I even know you, that you don't have many friends you know why because nobody wants to hang around and know it all oh how about you know that? Yeah, did yeah I know that yeah, but this is the way really you You want to go have coffee no I'm busy well how about next week I'm busy for the rest of your life anyway don't be a know it all be teachable amen um, everybody is gifted and has the ability to do something good though parents you may have done this, and if you did, God has grace and mercy for you. But don't, you need to know that your kids are good. If they bring your report card home and they get an F in algebra, don't do on a lot of kids. What? What are you doing? That's so stupid. How did you get an F in me? Are you just being stupid? You know, most kids aren't going to go, let me see. I'm thinking about that. You know, it's kind of like when I bring something out and it doesn't match. And my wife goes, are you going to wear that? Mm, I wasn't doing a fashion show for you, but you know, yeah, I'm, I was planning on wearing it. But you know what I mean? So you know, I, I, that was just something funny because she's here. But anyway, you know, you don't speak like that to your kid. Don't speak that. Just say, you know what, you got an F, but I tell you what, you can pass this. The next one, you, you you can pass this class. Don't sit there and say, I want you to get an A like your brother. I want you to get a B like your sister. No, don't do it. They're different. Your your brother may be gifted in algebra. This one's probably going to be gifted in something else. Don't sit there and go, you should be doing A's like your brother. Don't ever say that. If you have, just stop. Somewhere. Just stop. Somewhere. Because they're not the same. They're different. If they were the same, they'd have the same fingerprint. They don't. They're different. God made them different. So... Having known that, this is one of the most important things you can... This is not just for kids. This is for teenagers. This is for people who are 100 years old. You need to go to the website, rmfchurch.org. At the bottom of the first page, go all the way to the bottom, it's going to have in Christ scriptures. It either says in Christ or in Him. I forgot. You click on that, it'll take you to a PDF form, and it tells you tons of in Christ scriptures, who they are. You can take a couple of these, print them off, give them to your little... Ten-year-old, seven-year-old, and say, "This is what the Bible says about you." For example, I not only have the scripture; I have a statement after the scripture. When it talks about your the righteousness of God, I have a statement: "I am the righteousness of God in Christ." I am. I am. You get your te- teenager talking like that—that they're righteous. Oh, this scripture says I'm righteous. What are you teaching them who they are? The world's going to tell them, "Well, you're 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 a sinner." No, I've learned that I'm the righteousness of God Yeah, but you sin Yeah, I sin But I'm not a sinner I'm the righteousness of God man. Jesus paid for my righteousness I'm a, I'm a righteous person I don't know who you are But I know who I am You know, you teach your kid that Man, he's not going to go hang out At some gang member's house He's going to know You won't have to say Don't do this Don't do that Don't do this do that. Just teach them who they are And you can The, the don't listen. I'll fall off to the wayside Amen most parents want them a don't do list. Won't you teach them who they are, and you won't have to worry about a don't do list? Amen. So, and that brings me to another point: what kind of friends? Is, you know, Melody mentioned. It. You need to know what kind of people your 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 kids. I'm going to go spend the night with Johnny. If I don't know Johnny's parents, they ain't spending the night there. Are you kidding me? How do I know? Johnny. Dad could be some pedophile guy, you know. I'm not sending my kid over there. I'm being honest. I'm being, I mean, I don't care. Okay, moving right on. I just don't do that. I don't know you very well. I don't care if you're born again and go to church 14 times a week. but I don't know you, my kid ain't staying there. Just sorry. Got a lot of bad marks. Listen, you need to speak good things over your kids. Now, listen to me. Maybe your kids are 20. Maybe they're 30. Maybe they're 40. Maybe they're 75. It means you're pretty old yourself. But anyway, I mean, you know, they're still your kids. If they get married. They're still your kids. If they're single outside, they're still your kids. You know what that means? You can still speak stuff over them. This is worth coming to church for, right here. You could still speak over your children even if they're 40, 50, 60, 70 years old. Romans 4 17, you know, it talks about calling those things that be not as though they were. So you can have a 40 year old who's just acting stupid. You can have a 40 year old that's just, you know, just living like the devil. And you could just sit there and go, I don't know, I taught you better than that. Or maybe you didn't teach him better than that. I don't know. But you know what? Don't how many of you know it takes no faith when somebody does something stupid? It takes no faith to say, you know, that was really stupid. How many of you know it takes no faith to do that? If your kid flunks a class, well, that was really dumb. That took no faith. But if you sit there and call those things that be not as though they were and say, you're smarter than that, you can pass algebra. If God's gonna help you, you're gonna pass algebra. And if they're 40. And if they left their husband or did something stupid or, or had an affair, you can say, oh, man, that, that was not really the smartest thing you did. Or you can say, you know what? God's going to help you get your feet back on track. God's going to bless you. God's going to, your future's bright. Your future is bright. Yeah, but you know now, my children have left me. It takes no faith to go, yeah, I know. You're, you're just, a, oh, you're in hell now. You are in hell. Let's just all jump in there together. That's not going to help, but the Bible says you can call those things that be not as though they were. Gideon sit there. He, was, An angel came from heaven. This is good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take an extra five minutes. We're going to get out five minutes late. Uh, an angel came from heaven and said, Gideon, you great, mighty, valiant soldier. Gideon was hiding from everybody. He was scared to death. He was a coward. And an angel from heaven... We're not just talking about Joe down the street who's his buddy. says, oh, you're all right. We're talking about an angel from heaven comes down and says, you're a mighty man. You're a great soul. You are so brave. Me? And he tried to correct the angel. You know, I am one of the tribes of Israel. There's 12 of us. Our tribe is the least of those 12 tribes. Okay? Are you following me? Stick with me. I'm going somewhere. We are the least of all 12 tribes. And in the twelve tribes, my family is the least in that tribe. And so what I'm trying to tell you, I'm at the bottom of the bottom. The barrel is on top of me. And you said that. what was that, did you just say? You would call me mighty, valiant, man, brave, free, oh, you got the wrong address. And he reiterated, no, no. Matter of fact, I'll, I'll read it in Isaiah, uh, or Judges 6.14, it says, And the Lord turned to him and said, go in the might of yours and have, and save Israel. He didn't say that you're just brave and mighty. He says, you're going to save Israel. <laughs> he probably thought, what? You're going to save Israel. He says, you're going to save Israel from the hand of Midian. Do not I send you? And he said to him, please, Lord, how can I save Israel? Behold, my clan is the weakest, and blah, blah, blah. And the Lord said to him, but I will be with you, and you shall strike the Midianites as one man. He just said, I know what you're saying but what I'm saying is bigger than what you're saying. This is my point, parents. What you're saying is bigger than what the devil is saying to your child. If they're 12, if they're 20, if they're 60, what you're saying is more important than what they're hearing out in the world. That was worse than the church. So you speak. It takes no faith. to go, oh, they lost their job. Yeah, I heard, yeah, you got fired, didn't you? What stupid thing did you do this time? Oh, you didn't show up. Well, that was dumb. You didn't set the alarm. That was even dumber. You know you're dumb, right? Or you can do that and get nothing accomplished. Or you can say, you know what? God's got a great job. In you. You're going to be successful. You know that, don't you? No, I'm not. You pull out that script and say, yes, you are. You're going to be successful. And I'm going to close with this. If your kids are not serving God... Maybe they're gone. Maybe they're—I mean—they're I mean, they're going to hell in a handbasket. And you think, dear Lord, man, they're—they're they're gone. Maybe they serve Satan. Maybe they're Satan. Maybe that's what they're saying. Don't talk to me about God anymore. I'm a Satan. Just mind them. Okay, I will. And then you can pull up Isaiah 49:24 and 25. Isaiah 49:25 it says that uh, even the captives of the mighty shall be taken away. That word "taken away" in Hebrew is "released." And the prey of the terrible be delivered. For I will contend with him who contends with you, and I will save your children. I tell you what, my grandkids, my great grandkids, my great 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 great, to a thousand generations, they're all going to be born again, served again. Why? Because I proclaim it, and because I'm born again to have the blood of Jesus running through my bloodline. It's running through my bloodline. It's going to keep flowing. And they, I mean, they're gonna, they're gonna be saved. They are gonna be saved. Proverbs eleven twenty one. Though through, I can speak. Though hand joined in hand, the wicked shall not be unpunished. But the seed of the righteous shall be delivered. That's talking about you and me. If you're born again, my seed is always gonna be delivered. I'm telling you, I don't care. I'm of Satan. All you do, just enjoy that because you're gonna be delivered. You're going to be delivered. You may have a few battle scars on you, but when it's all said and done, the dust settles. The blood of Jesus is going to cleanse you from all your unrighteousness. And your name is already... Uh, God's already got your name written in the book, honey. I know He does, and I'm not serving yet. I know, I know, but see, I'm, I'm right here, this is talking about you and me. The seed of the righteous, unrighteous, the seed that you shall be delivered. That's you. And if they, if you don't want to hear this, then this fine, you just pray that over them. You go back to your closet and say, okay, I won't talk anymore about God Then you go to your closet and say, Father, this is what you said. My seed is going to be delivered. So I just thank you. I come into agreement with what the Word says. It's easy to come into agreement with what the, the world says, but I come into agreement with what the Word says. And your Word says my seed is going to be delivered. So Father, I just want to thank you and have a hallelujah dance and praise right now that my seed save, deliver, and set free, and there's no devil in hell, can hold them, because greater is he that is in me, and then he is in the world, when I get to heaven, I sound a lot better, but anyway, let's stand.